Welcome back to the Dog Eaters Pod, powered by Dimers.com. This is episode number 127, Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. And the big dance is upon us. What a time to be alive. This is the favorite time of the year for a lot of us. And it's really the first real March Madness feel uh, this year for the first time in, in three years, really since 2019 because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And there's a lot of craziness out there in the world right now, but having the NCAA tournament back to its old ways really does feel like things are returning back to normal, or at least as much as they can uh, at this point in time. Technically, the tournament has already started since the first four is tipped off, but Thursday is the big day, of course, and you're probably listening right now with a lot uh, a lot to do with your bracket pools, Calcuttas, maybe a, a March Madness Survivor League. And don't sleep on those. Those might be the most underrated thing out there. Um, and of course, you're looking to make some bets uh, for the madness. So in this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod, I will go over some important things to consider as you prepare to add to your bankroll over what is probably and always the most exciting four days in the sports calendar year, at least in my opinion. I also made some notes and observations I've seen this week in the markets, not only on on line moves, but important things to consider in your handicap. So I'll briefly run down each first round matchup with a few betting nuggets, and hopefully that adds some value to your process. And of course, I'll also share some plays that I've made, uh, most of them right at the opener, actually on Sunday after the brackets were released, and the Doggy Juice predicted Final Four. But before I begin, I want to mention once again, because I can't mention it enough, as my loyal listeners know all too well by now, forget about handicapping for a second. Having as many outs as you can is the one thing that you can do right now, right this very instant, to immediately put yourself in a better chance to win at sports betting in the long term. Like an immediate change right now. And shopping for the best available price, I continually say it's absolutely essential to winning. I can't stress this enough. You're simply doing yourself a disservice by not constantly striving to find every half point and point out there that you can, um, every little edge, and find the best price you can on any bet you're looking to make. And if you want to know which books to sign up for in Illinois or elsewhere, look no further than dimers.com slash doggy juice for the latest sportsbook offers at a legal regulated sportsbook near you. The Dimers Doggy Juice Hub will get you a direct link to the latest offer, and you'll be able to support your favorite sports betting podcast along the way uh, by using those links. So be sure to check out dimers.com slash doggy juice and sign up at as many books as you can before the big dance begins. And we have wall to wall action. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right. So you've got some brackets to fill out before Thursday morning's opening tip off between Michigan and Colorado State. It's also a game that's going to be played at 9, 10 a.m. on Colorado State's body clocks, I may add. But you're probably asking yourself before tip off, what's the optimal strategy for this year's bracket? The answer to that depends, always depends entirely on the size and makeup of your bracket pool. So generally speaking, in smaller pools, you want to go with more favorites, and in larger pools, you want to get a little more crazy and pick more, you know, pick more underdogs, more Cinderellas. So smaller pools with like 10 to 20 friends, you really don't know to need to go off the cuff as much, if at all. Pick more favorites, go more chalk, let the other guys get cute, uh, pick a bunch of underdogs to come in. But contrast that to the larger pools, you know, with, with a few hundred people in it. 
And in those ones, you really do need to go off the cuff, pick some more upsets, and and really pick a few of those those ones that are that no, most other people are not picking in order to take home the bacon. It's just that simple. You have to stand out in front of that many more people. So just basic strategy. But another thing to go even a little further is people often get cute and they pick multiple Cinderellas, even in those big, massive pools. And, and that can be optimal strategy depending on a, a, the size of the pool and a really big one. But a lot of people make the mistake of going far, like too far even in those circumstances. So, for example, if you pick um, – just pick one out here. Pick a seven-seeded USC to make the Final Four out of the Midwest, and, and they do so. You're going to be in great shape in some of those bigger pools. But a lot of people, when they pick that, you know, like a seven-seeded USC, they get cute, and they also pick another team like, let's say, uh, Davidson to get there to the Final Four. And Davidson, you know, they they make that pick, that incredible pick with with USC uh, that not, not many people are on, but then they'll lose. Uh, the Davidson one who will lose to the chalk early in the first two rounds, and you'll be negating that entire edge. So sometimes in those instances, less is more, but of course it always comes down to the size and makeup of your bracket pool. Uh, just be careful picking you know, too many, too many upsets, too many uh, Cinderellas. The bigger the pool, the the more uh, plus EV that move is. But bracket pool game theory is entirely dependent on the size of your pool, and it's. To be honest, it's an absolutely underrated strategy by a lot of people. A lot of people don't even consider some of that stuff. Um, and, and of course, the other really important thing is be sure to read the damn rules of the pool you're playing in before you do anything like that. You need to know the rules of the game you're playing in. Hello! All right, now let's talk some actual game-to-game betting on the tournament. And I'd be remiss not to start with a major disclaimer that these March Madness, these big dance lines, are sharp. And they will continue to get more sharp as the tournament progresses. It's really rare, especially at this point, you know, the day before opening tip-off, to find even a point or two of value. These are incredibly efficient markets uh, that are hammered out by a lot of money. And remember that money betting the, the NIT or, or the CBI or any of the other postseason tournaments, that prints the exact same. So really, it, it, finding edges is everything in this game. And while we're all tempted to bet every game and, and really um, – go wild this week with so many games coming on uh, it's important to remember that and keep that in mind it is a lot of randomness and any asshole can can get lucky and, and go on a nice short-term streak during march madness um, but it's important to keep that long-term picture in mind You're, i think a lot of you are planning on betting a lot of march madnesses in your life and it's a lot of fun but watch that bankroll management keep your unit size in check and embrace the fact that there is going to be a lot of variance there's going to be wild swings there's going to be bad beats uh, the entire damn lot We'll take the lot. Naturally, the committee this year did its part in completely screwing over legit mid-majors who could have made a deep run in the tournament, still can, and look no further than San Francisco and Murray State in the 7-10 to matchup in the East. San Francisco, number 21 on Kempom, Murray State, number 27, and the winner gets to face number 2 Kentucky in Indianapolis with a massive crowd edge for the Kentucky fans. So uh, the committee really sees to it to screw over these teams. I mean, they look no further than the Wichita State teams a few years ago that were in the top 10 in Kempom and getting a 10 seed and having to play Kentucky, a team like Kentucky, in the second round. And on you know, minimal rest with the first game on, on the Saturday after playing like late on a Thursday. It's just a, a big fucking joke sometimes. I'll spare you all more gripes, but there are plenty of them across the board, including some tough matchups and seeding uh, for great teams like UAB, Georgia State, Tennessee, Chattanooga, and Colgate, just to name a few uh, teams that really could make a deep run if they weren't getting screwed over by the committee. And it's absolutely brutal, as always. But what I love most about handicapping these NCAA tournament games is how important the matchups are to the handicap. And 
it's not just the matchups. That, there's other unique factors related. Obviously, the scheduling, uh, the game times, the game locations. Uh, there's a lot to consider. So here are some observations I've made from the bracket and some betting nuggets on every single first-round game. Starting in the West region, number one overall seed Gonzaga is taking on Georgia State. I scooped some, plus 24, plus 23 and a half with the dog here early in the week. Georgia State criminally underseeded. They should not be a number 16 seed. Bring tons of veteran presence. Absolutely have what it takes to stay within the number in this matchup. Number eight, Boise State versus number nine, Memphis, is a terrific first-round matchup. Memphis laying two and a half, seen some money, but plenty of two-way action here. And people are betting on Memphis athleticism reigning supreme in this matchup. Uh, The line looks about right to me, but forced lean is to Boise taking the points, especially if a three pops. Number five, UConn, very big and physical, taking taking on a New Mexico State team that's one of the most well-coached in the entire country. I mean, the problem here, though, is the matchup. It's just so difficult for New Mexico State in this one. But I did take a tiny slice of the plus seven in this game with the dog. Lots of early money on number 13, Vermont, against number five, Arkansas, and I was a part of that, scooping up uh, some plus five and a half Right when the brackets came out and the lines went out, uh, you could still find it out there, five and a half. Just be sure to shop around. The crowd up in Buffalo should be pro dog here. This is Vermont's highest rated team since they started to, to uh, own their conference a few several years ago. Uh, it's a bit of a popular dog, but I did bet the Catamounts to stay within the number in this one. Notre Dame, they play Rutgers in the playing game. I, I did scoop some plus two at Notre Dame early on at FanDuel. Uh, big coaching mismatch in this one. If that's your angle, it's a really good one um, in the play-in game. I always like backing Mike Bray myself. And whoever wins this is going to be close uh, to number 6 Alabama on the spread um, on, on Friday's first-round game. And Alabama's a team that just has absolutely wild variants. They can beat anybody in the country, but they can lose to pretty much anybody they're going to go up against. So that's a team, if you really want to go oppo in those bigger pools, maybe go with Alabama to, to scare some people and uh, pull off some upsets. Number three, Texas Tech might be one of the best value plays of any top four seed out there and and one of the most overlooked teams that has a chance to cut down the nets, mainly because of the bracket they're in with Gonzaga and Duke. But uh, Tech is absolutely live to win uh, the whole thing. They face a Montana State team that is very long and physical. Uh, Montana State, they have the big sky defensive player of the year on the team. I haven't bet this one yet, but I am taking a serious look at taking the points of the dog, especially if you can correlate it to an underplay. But make no mistake, Texas Tech gets through this game. They will they'll definitely be live in that region. Michigan State versus Davidson in the 7-10 matchup. Foster Lawyer for Davidson. He's a Sparty transfer. Someone to watch in this game. He's one of the nation's best free-throw shooters, uh, sharpshooter. Uh, Davidson's very efficient on offense. They're number 11 in adjusted offensive efficiency at Kempom. I think they have a lot of people that are that are out there that are counting on Izzo Magic uh, for March when it comes to backing Michigan State. So I do lean Davidson here. I might get involved, especially in play with uh, with some live betting. And then finally, Duke. Well, <laughs> I think they're going to blow the doors off of Fullerton in this game. I did lay 17.5 with Duke when I saw some sharp money rolling in. There was a sharp group uh, that did bet Duke and moved this one on Sunday night. Uh, maybe it was Monday morning, I forget. But I did lay it with Duke here. It's also a spot where I bet the over. Uh, I think I got 143.5, 144.5. Um, really, the, the difficulty on that one is asking Fullerton to uh, 
to keep scoring. So maybe worth it. If you're looking to play the over still, it's, it has gone up even more. But look at first half only. Maybe even target it with like a Duke team total over first half to really get in the handicap there. But I think they're going to come in this one and just blow the doors off of Fullerton. Moving on to the East region, I won't touch on Baylor since they should have no problem at all with Norfolk State's uh, pressing defense. The 8-9 matchup between Marquette and UNC is a very interesting one. We've seen some Tar Heel money come in and move uh, move that game up from 3-4 to four in some spots. Backing Marquette as an underdog is always where I prefer to back them, but the fact that they, they tend to get destroyed on the glass is far from ideal against a UNC team that does so well in that area. Not as good as recent years when those really just their bread and butter. Those UNC teams just put up threes and just bank on offensive glass getting cleaned up, but uh, this stuff's baked into the line, I think, though, um, especially UNC with that big, that big game against Duke. Um, to close out the regular season that's still fresh in people's minds this team barely made the tournament so um i do lean marquette in this one if the line hits five it would be a take for me um on marquette st mary's is laying two and a half points to indiana tuesday night's play-in winner i laid it with the gales it's a terrible travel spot for the hoosiers they've already they're already tired from a long big 10 run and playing on Tuesday, now they, they have to travel three time zones in less than 48 hours to face a very efficient um, St. Mary's team that will frustrate you. They're an analytics darling, so uh, look for a two out there and lay the lay the wood with the gales on that one. UCLA and Akron. I heard somewhere that the MAC has won a tournament game in three or four straight years, which is very impressive, but this is such a tough spot for Akron against a UCLA team that's so well coached, obviously, and and there just won't be too many possessions in this one, um, which is interesting. So perhaps looking at the under, but obviously it's already pretty low to begin with. Uh, but it's just a pass for me on the spread. Texas and Virginia Tech, that's another very interesting game. I initially took Texas on the money line when the market was up to two after it posted. I, I was able to find an off-market number, a slow mover there. But the number has come back since then, and, and Virginia Tech is rolling. Um, this is a pick game. They, Virginia Tech can defend. They can hit threes. They're playing their best ball at the best time of the year. They're highly rated on Ken Palm. They're also very well coached by Coach Young. Um, having said that, I don't like fading Chris Beard in March. I think public sentiment's pretty low on Texas right now. Uh, so this one's going to be a fun one to watch and possibly get involved with live. My lean uh, still is to Texas, though. Not many people are talking about Purdue right now, number three seed in this region, but they might have one of the most lopsided first-round matchups um, out there, and they should wipe Yale clean with the front-line edge that, that Purdue has. Um, and, I, you know, the Boilermakers, they're probably pissed off from losing on Sunday to my Iowa Hawkeyes, Big Ten tournament champions, but um, probably still pissed off from that as well. I, I haven't bet it yet, but I am strongly considering a wager on the Boilermakers laying the points to Yale. Sam Fran and Murray State, I touched on this one earlier, but it's a very interesting matchup and a spot where the line actually moved against me. I, uh, it's kind of similar to that Texas one. Uh, I took the, the money line with Sam Fran at the open at a rogue number uh, when they were laying one and a half, even up to two at some spots. But some sharp money did come in. Some respected pro money came in. on. That's really the, most of the money early in the week, let's be real, just is professional and, and sharp money. Uh, so it's a lot more telling, those line moves early in the week, of course. Um, and you won't see like big line moves later in the week outside of like you know so, something related to an injury or something like that. These these lines are really hammered out, um, but the public does, you know could get involved. And there's also the 
exception, not to go down the rabbit hole here, but the public can move a line more when there's obviously more public backing the line. So it uh, shouldn't happen much early in this tournament. But, you know, those those bigger, high-profile games like the National Championship, that's on the short list of, of games where the public could move a line, like the Super Bowl, uh, National Championship, Final Four, stuff like that. But um, public money will come in here, so we'll see where it goes from there. But the sharp money did come in on Murray State, and this one they're laying one and a half. Uh, but one, actually, you know, as I'm recording this, there has been some buyback. So it's actually a really interesting one. I'm recording this Wednesday afternoon. It looks like most spots are at one now um, as I'm looking. So I think a lot of that's related. Um, the, the move on Murray State, the San Fran's top player, he's banged up. Uh, but this team's just so efficient. Murray State, they're not a slouch either. Both these teams got the chef playing one another. It's just going to be an amazing game to watch. And I am on Sam Fran, but really looking for in running to see uh, to see what happens with that one. And then to close out this region, got Kentucky, who I've already touched on. They should have no problem beating down St. Peter's in their first round uh, game from Indianapolis, where Wildcat fans are going to pack the house. So perhaps worth considering a team total under on St. Peter's in this one, to be honest. <laughs> Moving on to the West region, easy peasy for number one seed at Arizona in their first game against. Uh, Wednesday night's playing winner, whoever wins that game, they both like to uh, move the ball and run up and down the court, won't be able to do it against the Wildcats, so get pencil in the Wildcats in the next round. Um, no take on the spread, obviously, because that game hasn't been played, um, the, the playing game yet. Number eight, Seton Hall against number nine, TCU. That's a pick game. It's going to be a really ugly one to watch, unless you're a defense enthusiast, because both those teams um, live in the paint. TCU just does not put up many three balls at all, so it's going to be an ugly one, and uh, it's a pick I'm not touching that, but it will be great to watch uh, Great to watch that one live and look for in-running in on Friday night. I believe that game's Friday night. Number five, Houston has a very tough matchup with 12th-seeded UAB. Both these teams are terrific on defense, but they're so similar, and it's a tough spot for UAB. Um, who really could have made a run. They still can't make a run. Uh, just if they had a better matchup, though, it's really a tough one. So I, I don't expect uh, – no no play on that game. I do expect Houston to get through there. Similar spot, too, with number four, Illinois, taking on number 13, Chattanooga. Uh, Chattanooga is a very lengthy team, long wings. They can cause a lot of problems for the Illini backcourt. But the best player on the court will be, by, by far, Illini's – uh, Kofi Coburn and and look at this one for live betting purposes I think if Kofi does get into early foul trouble this one has the makings of an upset especially Illinois after losing last year and the um, early on as as a one seed obviously against Loyola Chicago that you know that can come back to them uh, mentally if they're and make them even more tight down the stretch if it's a tight one so and Chattanooga is just a great team very lengthy so um you know, I, I actually do lean taking the points with the dog here. Obviously, can't bet it in, in Illinois, my home state, because of the ridiculous law, or at least bet it um, on on you know mobile account. But if I'm looking one way here, it's going to be uh, it's going to be taking the points with the dog. Michigan and Colorado State, the tournament's first game, opening game on Thursday. Some early money on Michigan, but. Uh, and that actually pushed them up. I think I was seeing like minus 145 money line, minus two, two and a half on the spread. But money on Colorado State on Wednesday has made this one close to a pick em again. I'm actually seeing Michigan money line minus 120 out there. Just a quick glance right now. And this one's all about the travel and start time for Colorado State, though. I think Michigan is, um, they're a good look, but like mainly because Colorado State's playing this game so early on their body clock, they have short travel um, after playing, obviously, pretty pretty long into the conference tournament. 
Um, they really are, Colorado State, they rely on two guys in particular on offense. So if Michigan can find a way to shut them down, uh, it could even be a spot where they roll, especially in just in the timing spot when the game starts and everything. So um, I, I think Michigan's a good look on the money line, especially with the public won't necessarily be looking to, to jump on them. And it, it's just a good spot for them. So, I, And also there's just the whole opportunity to fade the Big Ten faders. There's a lot of anti-Big Ten sentiment out there. Um, you know that's not a comment on necessarily you know big 10 teams going to go super far or win this tournament but i do think in general um, that's that storyline's permeating the space so it's a good chance i think if you're looking to to fade that narrative uh getting into play on the first game with the wolverines is uh it's a pretty good look number three tennessee and number 14 longwood i'm on longwood plus 18 here and actually this one just moved up from 17 to 18 today but it's one of um one of my favorite teams to bet on this year, Longwood, honestly, and and uh, and really the past few years. Love the name, uh, but there's a lot of reasons why I like this game, and not the least of which is Tennessee coach Rick Barnes' abysmal tournament history and really just a lack of ability to come up with good schemes come tournament time. And in fact, his teams, Barnes' teams, they're 1-11-1 against the spread in his last 13 tournament games. And I also think it's a good sell-high spot, to be honest with you, um, for Tennessee against a Longwood team that's 19-1 in their last 20, obviously an easy conference, but they're tough on both ends of the court. They features uh, big, they feature big tough guards in the backcourt. They can shoot the ball. Uh, Longwood's number six in the country in three-point shooting. They could also rebound the ball on defense. So I like them to stay in the number here, and it's really a good sell-high spot in a Tennessee team um, that that's you know, been winning games, covering won, won their tournament. And really, a lot of people have that narrative out there that Tennessee, you know, they're, they feel disrespected uh, having the three seed when they didn't deserve it. But that's just that. It's just a narrative. In reality, the team I was playing last weekend won their tournament. They're in this spot and they're laying a lot of points, too many points in my mind. So um, I like I like uh, I like this one in the first half as well. And that's just another reminder to play the first halves on some of these dogs that you're playing. Really, just on any player looking to make full game to diversify your portfolio a bit come March Madness. And I'm, I'm seeing 10, 10 and a half out there with, with Longwood in the first half. DraftKings uh, plus 10 and a half, minus 120. That's kind of gross. But I'm seeing some spots at plus 10, even one spot plus 10, minus 105. So um, definitely worth uh, considering Longwood here in a really good spot where I think they could stay within the number. Loyola Chicago, they're a pick em against Ohio State. I lean Sister Jean here. Uh, Loyola, just, they just have a team filled with veterans against a very young and beatable Buckeye team. And and obviously, you know, the Loyola team frustrates people around this time of year. They they play so well, so efficient, so good as a team, and, and they're just tough to break down and beat. So uh, definitely, the, you know, the recent history is it's just perfect proof of that as well. Uh, Loyola is definitely the lean for me on this one. And then finally, Villanova, they uh, they should take care of business against Delaware in a game that's going to be a very slow one. An interesting subplot in this game is Dylan Painter from Delaware. He's a Villanova transfer. Um, but, yeah, low-scoring game, but Villanova should get it done. And finally, finishing up with the Midwest region first-round games, number one Kansas was given undoubtedly the easiest path to the Final Four. In fact, I, I heard their futures odds at a lot of books dropped from the 12-to-1-ish range to 9-to-1 uh, to cut down the nets right when the brackets came out. They're laying 21, 21 and a half to Texas Southern, total 145 in their game. 
Another good 8-9 matchup between San Diego State and Creighton. I'm, I'm on the under 120 on this one, under 120 points, also the first half under, uh, with two teams that really are their top 10 in two-point defense. They play slow and ugly. This is not your father's Creighton team either with outside shooters, unlike what we're used to from McDermott teams. Um, outside O'Connell, they really don't have anyone that can be considered a, a pure shooter. So, um, And they go up against a San Diego State team that plays fantastic defense. It's difficult to get a shot off on them, so I, I really like the under in this one, even at, at the low number of 120. My red-hot Iowa Hawkeyes, the number five seed. They've won nine of their last ten. The defense has really improved on the stretch. But, of course, it's the offense, the Hawkeye offense, that's been the talk of the nation. And coming off their Big Ten tournament victory, they're laying 10.5 points here. There was some early money on them. I think I opened like 9.5. At least I saw those early on. But, um, yeah, it's it's really a spot where I, you know, it's, I'm not looking to back Fran and Iowa. They're, they have a very poor turning track record, both of them, Fran McCaffrey and Iowa in general. And they're going up against a senior-laden Richmond team. So a few more points up, and I think there's going to be value on the dog here, but it's a pass for me. Obviously cheering for my Hawkeyes to win the game outright. Perhaps the most popular Cinderella in the tournament, number 13, South Dakota State, is only catching two points against number four Providence out of the Big East. I did take some plus three with the Jackrabbits early on right at post. I found a rogue number there. Um, and it's really, for me, it's it's just a great matchup. Obviously, a lot of people are going to be saying, oh my God, a four seed's only laying this many points. And a uh, legitimate case can be made that this line is, you know, it's getting so low now where you know, everyone's on it and everyone, everyone and their uncle's on the dog here. But really, it's an interesting matchup because San Diego State's transition offense is among the best in the country. And Providence's transition defense is one of the worst, mainly because their their MO is crashing the offensive boards. But uh, the key on this one's probably going to, it's likely to come down to how well San, or South Dakota State can um, can control Watson down low and prevent those easy buckets off, off the uh, offensive rebounds. But a 13 seed catching two points against a four seed here. Very telling. And uh, I think the dog does pull the upset here. It's going to be a close game, I think, um, in South Dakota State. I mean, the way they shoot, if they can get some some flurries of buckets here, then it's even possible they coast in this game. I took uh, plus five with Iowa State early on against LSU in a game that's going to be in Milwaukee. So obviously going to get a crowd edge there. Iowa State uh, Cyclone fans travel pretty well, actually. LSU fans making the trek uh, in this weather up to Milwaukee, not the most appealing thing, and especially for an LSU team that has an interim head coach. It's the substitute teacher scenario that I've talked about uh, for bowl season in college football that really is an excellent angle to play on uh, with gauging team motivation um, and during college football bowl season. Kind of similar here. Obviously, it's different with the NCAA tournament when in theory you can win out and win the national title, but LSU you know, having that sub substitute teacher effect, that interim head coach, um, just not good for continuity and you know maybe players trying to even prove themselves for next year. There's a lot of factors and considerations that go into that. I encourage you to listen back to old Doggy Juice Pod episodes to hear more about that that uh, that concept. But I do like Iowa State early here. The line has come down to four, but I still lean that way with them. And uh, uh, just for a smaller slice of action, obviously sprinkle them on the money line uh, in a game that's probably not going to be fun to watch, but I think there's going to be value on the dog there. Colgate and Wisconsin, a fantastic first-round matchup, worthy of its Friday night primetime billing. And I'm on Colgate, plus eight. I have first half, plus five. I have some money line in a spot where they will be a live dog, despite this one being played in Wisconsin's backyard in Milwaukee 
um, you know, right near Madison. Colgate is the second best three-point shooting team in the country. They usually struggle with the more athletic teams, uh, but that won't be the case here against Wisconsin. Obviously, Johnny Davis, future NBA player, he does have extra time to heal and get right because he's been banged up. And the Badgers do have, you know, outside of that home field, home court advantage uh, aspect, they also have a senior-laden backcourt. But this game has the makings to be a tight one. So I'll gladly take the points of the dog here. And whoever wins this game, I think, has an excellent chance to make the Elite Eight. USC and Miami, very, very intriguing game. A clash of styles um, and makeup um, in the 7-10 matchup in this region. USC is laying a point, point and a half. Um, massive front court edge for USC. And Miami, a nice backcourt edge in this one. They have that, uh, that transfer from DePaul that's been seemingly around forever. But um, And obviously Larinaga, um, his teams, his backcourts are always very strong. But I think the USC frontcourt edge, is, it's, it's too much to ignore on this one. Um, so I, I think they, their, their edge there is pretty strong enough to, to back them to progress here. Might even be worth taking a look on them at the money line. The other uh, reason to back USC is their head coach, Andy Anfield. He's 7-1 against the spread in big dance uh, games since 2016, covering by an average of seven points per game. And then finally, Auburn. They're laying 16.5 to Jacksonville State, who can really drain some threes. This one should see a barrage of three-pointers and will be one of the highest variance games of the entire weekend. All right, so to recap some early plays, I made a think I've got everything here. Um, Notre Dame plus two, Vermont plus five and a half, Longwood plus 18, first half plus 10, Iowa State plus five, Colgate plus eight, first half plus five, um, South Dakota State plus three, Duke minus 17 and a half, Duke over 144 and a half, New Mexico State plus seven, Georgia State plus 24, plus 23 and a half, Michigan Moneyline minus 120, um, Texas minus one, San Francisco minus one, St. Mary's minus two, minus 118. Um, every number is minus 110 unless I, I state otherwise. And then some totals, uh, San Diego State, Creighton under 120, Texas Tech, Montana State under 130.5, Texas, Virginia Tech under 125.5, TCU, Seton Hall under 130.5, and UCLA, Akron under 129. Um, there might be some more on there too. And of course, you know, diversify and half with halftime bets on a lot of, if not all of those. I know I made special mention of halves on some of those just because I have those in my notes here. So always be sure to diversify this time of year, especially with those end game scenarios, those end game shenanigans where, you know, teams score 20 points uh, chasing um, with the, the end game scenarios and games. So it's, it's really good to, to, to scoop up some first half on some of those so you don't drive yourself absolutely nuts and really uh, you can get to the handicap still in that that sense as well plus something to be said for those first halves teams coming out a little bit a um, little bit more you know antsy and and uh, not wanting to make that early mistake so a lot of reasons especially on unders to to play the first half and of course every year i share the official doggy juice pod final four so here it is for 2022 got gonzaga versus kentucky and Arizona versus Kansas, and I have Gonzaga beating Arizona in the national title game, and Mark Few finally getting his national title in Spokane. A couple final things. One of my absolute favorite NCAA tournament angles, one of the best-kept secrets out there when it comes to betting on the big dance, although this is one that that is really quickly picking up steam. I've touched on this in previous years, and I brought it up briefly, briefly earlier. Uh, that's the first-to-score 15 points markets, and uh, you could also find first to 10, first to 20, but I've, I've found over time that the first to 15 is the one that uh, 
usually provides the most value when you're looking at, at the numbers from the underdog, uh, catching a nice plus price. Uh, the main concept here, as I've touched on in previous pods, is that odds makers will base the first 15 off the greater, you know, the, the game spread, um, which is part of the, the algorithm, you know, part of the model. They do the math, set the odds accordingly. But in reality, in these tournament games, especially in the first round, there's butterflies on both sides, and it's difficult to quantify those those early butterflies. You know, a lot of these guys are playing in their first ever tournament game. You know, they've been filling out brackets themselves all week, and now they they're on TV. This is the moment they've been dreaming dreaming about uh, as kids. Um, but on top of that, a lot of these bigger favorites sometimes come into these matchups with a different type of mindset, and I, really, it's interesting to me because they sometimes they're looking forward to their second round opponent already, or um, not fully focused on that that perceived easier matchup especially like a, a number one seed or number two seed uh, not taking their first round opponent very seriously doing a lot of prep work for their who they you know they're getting ready for over the weekend for their second round opponent and sometimes these bigger favorites they come in sitting fat and happy maybe they won their conference tournament um, they've had to do some travel haven't done the same um, type of prep work on the coaching staff that they have you know they don't have that same pep in their step and on the flip side when you look at some of these underdogs, some of these bigger underdogs in the tournament, they spent all their time and, and, and energy on this one matchup. You know, they, they know the back of their minds, they're not going to win the whole thing. And it's probably a pipe dream going to the Final Four, going to the Elite Eight, even the Sweet 16. But this one game, this one tip-off is one that they can all collectively focus in on. And some of these coaches in the smaller conferences are very good at scheming up plays and coming up with a good way to bring in, you know, to uh, to scheme up a good matchup, mismatch, and anything like that. They can really... Uh, that's something that's overlooked. They can really come in with a few drawn-up plays early on um, and that they can find success with. And they'll be more fully focused on, on keeping up with their superior opponent, playing toe-to-toe with them, especially early on. So with that in mind, and shop around for the best number, of course, on all of these, but you should definitely look to play on some underdogs to score 15 points first uh, before their opponents this weekend, especially in the first-round games. Um, so look to, to take those dogs against the full-game favorite. On the flip side, avoid laying <laughs> laying it with the big favorites in these spots. Not to say it's you know something you want to do every time to avoid it. There's, all, there's value on both sides every time. But generally speaking, playing these bigger dogs, first 15, you can find some nice value, You know, like a nice plus 200, plus 250, plus 300, um, when the true number should be you know, 40, 50 cents cheaper, uh, given all the stuff I've already talked about. It's really an anomaly that you, you really can't pin down at any other point in the year. There's a lot more variance in the first 15. Of course, you're not going to get anywhere near the, the full payout on the, the dog in the money line full game or even half the halftime money line, but you can use this very unique variance to your advantage in those specific first to 15 points markets. I also like to bring up this time of year, but... Um, if you're looking to bet a team's future to win the big dance, you're almost always, with rare exceptions, better off doing a me- mechanical parlay or money line rollover, however you want to say it. But that's instead taking that team and betting them to win each game and rolling that over, um, rolling the winnings over and the initial stake over into each game until they cut down the nets. Um, the big reason why this is better is you're gonna you're gonna get almost in all circumstances, you know the the. Bigger favorites, shorter favorites being probably the exception to this, but especially on, on longer, uh, on long shots. It's, it's tempting to take like a 40 to 1 or 50 to 1. It just looks so nice. But in reality, your payout's going to be a lot bigger many times than, than it will be otherwise, you know, taking the futures if you just do the, the money money line rollover on this. So um, it's just, it's a spot where you, you absolutely got to be doing 
doing that and, and rolling over your winnings accordingly. It's almost always going to yield a higher payout, sometimes a lot more. And the best part about it is, is you could shop around doing this too. I mean, there's a few reasons to do it. You can shop around for the best price. Obviously, if you're betting the futures ticket, you're locked in at that price, but you could find the best number and shop around for each individual game to ensure you're getting the best available price. But you could also get out whenever you want. You know, if there's a, an injury to your team or you don't, something changes in your handicap or they, you don't, they don't have a good matchup or something like that, you're not, you can only cash the ticket if they win the whole thing, but you can get out or, you know, keep a portion of it in. There's so much more you can do to maneuver. Uh, but the main reason is you're just going to make more money. So like that should be the reason to do it. So it's just going to be your better bet doing it that way. And if you're looking for some extra guidance on where there may be some value on these individual games over the next four days of hoops action and want to find out where the value side is for free, then look no further than the quick pick section over at dimers.com where the dimers bot runs tens of thousands of simulations and uncovers edges in the various markets. Be sure to make dimers.com a part of your handicapping arsenal. I can feel it all the way down in my plums, getting all swollen. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast. As always, follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. And if you enjoyed listening to this, previous episodes, Please rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review if you can, even just a few seconds, just to make a you know rating, leave some nice words. can go a long way because I really want to grow this podcast and bring it to more people who are interested in the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization, how to become a sharper, a better sports better during these very exciting times in the industry. Anything you can do personally to help spread the word would be very much appreciated. Be sure to check out dimers.com slash doggyjuice. Uh, the hub for all of the latest sports book offers. You'll get the latest, best offers for your legal regulated sports book. Uh, so you could sign up and get some money in those accounts for the big dance so you can build that bankroll, baby. In two weeks, I'll be out in Vegas for Bet Bash 2. So if you're going to be out there, be sure to look me up. I'll be in town from that Thursday to Tuesday. Tons of amazing events planned. I know we'll be at uh, Circus Stadium Swim for um, for the Final Four and then VIP at Circus Sportsbook for the national championship that Monday night. So let me know if you're going to be in town in Vegas that weekend, and we'll have a blast, throw a few back together. Otherwise, uh, enjoy the games this weekend. Good luck with your action, and I will talk to you all again soon. Doggy Juice out. (laughs) 